Good evening, church. Isn't it wonderful to know that we serve a God who does not change? He has not changed. He will not change. He simply does not change. And so we have this consistency in our relationship, and we always know the direction in which God wants us to go. What a blessing it is to serve a God who does not change. Let's go to God together, please, in the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing us. And here we are this evening being granted by you another opportunity to worship you, to serve you. Thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to sing songs of praise under your name, to pray unto you, to be here in service and sacrifice to you with joy in our hearts. Bless us, Lord God, as we come together as your people to find that joy and that happiness of being in one, in fellowship with you. Help us, Lord God, to see and to understand the importance for our worship this evening as well as this morning. Please take us away from worldly thought and help us to focus only on your Son. Help us to focus only on you. It's in Jesus' name we pray and thank you to be thy will. Amen. Turn to Colossians, please, chapter uh, chapter 4. Again, there'll be no PowerPoint uh, for us for today. Tonight I want to talk about um, Luke. Just, just Luke. I want to talk about him more from a, a standpoint of, of a friend of Paul, right? Luke wasn't always Paul's friend, but eventually he became a friend. But you never read in the Bible where... Paul and Luke became friends. Nor do you read about um, uh, anything in, in particular where Luke has done some amazing things for the Apostle Paul. But what I want to show you is that as friendships develop, you don't have to say, this man is my friend. I think if you look through the text, we're going to realize how much of a friend Luke was to Paul and vice versa. So it's an interesting man when you think about Paul and Luke in the Bible. Paul's all over the Bible when you think about Paul. Everyone talks about Paul. Luke wrote uh, a considerable amount of scriptures in the New Testament. He's the only inspired non-Jewish author or writer who's inspired by the Holy Spirit to write. He's um, known to us as a, a researcher, a historic, uh, historian. We, we would say also a teacher or preacher of the gospel, just based on his literature alone by way of inspiration. He wasn't the only medical doctor. There were medical doctors all over uh, in those days and in that time. I want us to turn to Colossians chapter 4. And I, I want you to think about, not from Colossians 4, but something to think about tonight. In all of Luke's writings, the book of Luke and the book of Acts, the question, did Luke ever actually meet Jesus? Something to think about. And the funny thing is, we don't even know that. We don't know if Luke was more like a second-generation Christian, if you will, or... But did Luke ever actually meet Jesus? That'd be good for you to work on this week. Something to think about. It's a great study. What we do know is that Luke was a man of humility, and he really loved God. So his name, Luke, the author, Luke himself, is only found three times. It's written three times in the Bible, right? One is Colossians 4, 
and verse 14, uh, where it says, Luke, the beloved physician, sends you his greetings, and also Demas. 2 Timothy chapter 4, and uh, verse 11, is the second time that you'll find Luke's name written in the scriptures. 2 Timothy 4, and verse 11, only Luke is with me. Pick up Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for service. And the third time is in Philemon. The book of Philemon and the verse 22. We'll start at verse 22 and read through 25. And at that time also he prepared me a lodging for a hope that through your prayers I shall be given to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner uh, in Christ Jesus, greets you as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. That's it. (laughs) I want to turn to 3 John. 3 John. Luke is the opposite of this man that we know in 3 John. I want to bring him up because I want to, I want you to think about your relationships, um, through this lesson with, with people. 3 John is a man named Diotrephes. We don't know anything about Diotrephes, right? Diotrephes is only found the name and the individual one time in the Bible. It's right here in 3 John. Uh, verse 9. It says, I wrote something to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first among them, does not accept what we say. So, um, Diotrephes, on one hand, we know nothing about him. We know nothing about him. Anything we say about him is speculation. But Luke, we know an awful lot about. But one thing we do know about Diotrephes is it's not good. He loved the preeminence. He loved first place. He loved to be recognized by everyone. You might wonder, why am I bringing up Diotrephes when I'm talking about Luke? Because Luke is the absolute opposite of this personality that we find in Diotrephes. He's more like Gaius, whom the letter is actually written to. And I wanted to bring that up because it's really important when we look at Luke to realize how unselfish, how giving, how merciful, and what kind of man he really is without any of it being said in the Scriptures. Acts chapter 9. None of that's said about Luke. Right? You're not going to read a treatise about Luke in the Scriptures anywhere. It's just not there. So we're going to gain it uh, through uh, a study of the Scriptures and looking at everything that surrounds the uh, man Luke. Acts 9 and verse 15. So Luke is the traveling partner of the Apostle Paul, and listen to what the Bible said about Paul, or Saul at this time. Verse 15, But the Lord said to him, to Ananias, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine, to bear my name before the Gentiles, and kings, and the sons of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And, you know, if Luke's mama was around, she might have said, Couldn't you have chosen another apostle to follow around? Why follow Paul, of all people whom you know he's going to suffer a bit in his ministry? And we know that Paul did suffer quite a bit in his ministry. I want to pick up in Acts chapter 16, thinking about Luke, as he traveled along with Paul in the work. At first, everything was great. The first journey that they went on in Acts 16 in verse 6. So Luke pretty much joins Paul in his second and third missionary journeys. They get to Lydia, and Lydia is the first convert, if you will, uh, in Europe. I want you to look at verse 6. 
And they passed through the Phrygian and the Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come to Mysa, or Mysia, excuse me, they were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. And passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A certain man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when they had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So notice how the shift, they did this and they did that and they did this, and then we, right? Luke could have easily just included, inserted his name in there, but he didn't do that. He just said, then we. And as you read through the book of Acts, you're going to find that, that, that pronoun, that shift. And he's going to be talking about uh, himself, uh, Silas, and Timothy, and other traveling uh, companions of Paul. Everything was great so far. Uh, verse 16. And it happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a certain slave girl, having a spirit of divination, met us was bringing her masters much profit by fortune-telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, These men are bondservants of the Most High God, who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. And she continued doing this for many days. But Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus, of, excuse me, Jesus of Christ to come out of her, and it came out. At that very moment. But when her masters saw their hope, the prophet was gone. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplaces before the authorities. So notice Luke is there. And there's this huge commotion over what Paul has done. And you can only imagine Luke saying, okay, here's where it's going to begin. God said, this guy's going to suffer. And I'm with him. And they drag off Paul, and they drag off Silas. And it doesn't say in the text that they persecuted Luke, but Luke was there. Now, Luke is a physician. So think about that as we go through the text, and I'll come back to that in, in just a moment. They drag them off, and they, and they treat them in a, in a horrible way. And I want, I want to say this once, and then I'm going to say it a second time, and I'm going to continue to say it because it's true. And Luke was there. Okay, verse 22. And the crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off of them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison house were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were unfastened. Now, I can only imagine this, having never been in prison. But you're in prison for God, and you're, you're ill-treated, you're mistreated. And when the doors are open, and you walk out of the prison doors... Maybe you wonder, I wonder who's going to be there waiting for us when we come out, right? And the doors open up, and guess who's there? Luke. 
wait, you, you never left us? You saw all that commotion and you, you stayed with us? And Luke, though we know that the jailer uh, and the whole Philippian jailer, he's baptized and his family, and they kind of clean Paul up. But you can imagine Luke opening up his medical bag and saying, hey, let me help you. Let me treat your wounds. Luke stood there. He stayed there. He stayed with them. It doesn't talk about the provisions that maybe Luke had or didn't have. It doesn't, it doesn't tell us where Luke slept that night. We, we don't know anything. We just know that Luke stayed with them. What a good man. What a friend of Paul. And you continue in, in Acts, and I'm going to jump all the way to chapter 20. You continue in Acts, and you, you find Luke is there, and Luke is there, and, and Luke is there. And, and they travel all the way to, to Greece. And in verse 1, And after the uproar had ceased, Paul sent for the disciples, and when he had exhorted them and taken his leave of them, he departed to go to Macedonia. And when he had gone through those districts and had given them much exhortation, he came to Greece. And there he spent three months. And when a plot was formed against him by the Jews, as he was about to sell or set sail for Syria, he determined to return through Macedonia. And he was accompanied by Sopater of Berea and the son of Aphirius and Aristarchus and Secundus and the Thessalonians and Gaius and Derby and Timothy and Tychicus and Trophimus of Asia. It's kind of interesting. You got folks from Berea and Asia and Thessalonica and Derby and listen to the unity in verse five. But these had gone on ahead and were waiting for us at Troas and we sailed from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came to them at Troas within five days and there we stayed seven days. And on the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul began talking with them, intending to depart on the next day. And he prolonged his message until midnight. I, I love this because when you think about the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week, you know, well, here all these districts or places are coming together and the unity of the brotherhood, right? Even to this day, we partake the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week as God has instructed us. That is the reason we come together. And while we're here, there are other acts of worship that we participate in. But I just want you to get from that that Luke is with them. But when you read the text, he's highlighting so many other individuals. He highlights everyone else. And then he just kind of throws himself in there and says, yeah. And then we traveled and did this or did that. Now imagine, here's Luke, right? Luke, Luke the, the physician. Paul is preaching and everyone's looking at their watch. Maybe not, but you know, he's, he's, he's been preaching for a long time. And in verse 9, uh, and there was a certain young man named Eutychus sitting uh, on the window sill, sinking into a deep sleep. And as Paul kept on talking, he was overcome by sleep and fell down from the third floor and was picked up dead. And someone might say, no, he could, Paul could have preached 15 minutes and folks would have fallen asleep. <laughs> That's just the nature of the church, right? Uh, but anyway, he's preaching. And, and Eutychus falls out of the window and he dies. And you can imagine Luke grabs his medical kit and he goes downstairs, if you will. But Paul, verse 10, went down and fell upon him. And after embracing him, he said, Do not be troubled, for his life is in him. And when he had gone back up and he had broken the bread and eaten, he talked with them a long while until daybreak and so departed. And again... Luke was there, right? All through the day and into the night, 
worshiping the sermon and hearing God's word. He was a godly man. And they continue in their travels all the way to Rome, right? So, so as you're reading the, the Bible and you keep going, you get to Acts 28. Guess who's there? He's still there. And I know there are other men who are doing other things for the Lord, but tonight we're just highlighting Luke. I want to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And, and I want you to think about, again, the things that Paul suffered for the cause of Christ. And as he was suffering, not only did God remain with Paul, God gave Paul Luke. And Luke remained with Paul. And Paul remained with Luke. And they worked together for the cause of Christ. When, when you're in a relationship regarding friends, it's never, it should never be about, and in the church, it should never be about me. It should never be about me. Right? The work of God is never about me. It's never about the elders. It's never about the preacher. It's never about the deacons. It's only about God. It has to always be about God. That's the attitude that we witness in Luke. It's always about everybody else. It's always about God. And Luke humbly does what he does. Think about Luke. If he were a Diotrephes, being a medical doctor, being very intelligent, whether he was, you know, I mean, anyway, it would have been easy for him to have a following, right? But that wasn't who he was. It's always about, about God. So through the persecution, through the good time, there weren't many, but... I would assume there were tons of good times. I, I don't know about you, but if you think about things that happen, tragedies, struggles, suffering, we talk about that a lot, don't we? And, and it's through those times that we're able to find the bad and the good, right? We can talk about the bad and go, well, you know, this is just terrible. This is, you know. But later on, we begin to talk about we talk about it, and we see God's hand all over it. See how God brought us through, how God rescued us, and what God has done. I don't know about you, but those are beautiful times in Christ. They had a lot to talk about. Verse 24. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. I wonder where Luke was when that was over. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day, and I spent in the deep. I've been on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers and from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. But God brought Luke and I through all this. Now, I can't sit here and tell you exactly where Luke was in those instances, but when you read Acts... And you find the journeys that Paul went on and Luke was with him. You're finding that these events happened during those days and during those times. I can only imagine that Luke was there to help not only teach the word of God, but to show the love of Christ, to be the good Samaritan, which is interesting because Luke being a Gentile and the good Samaritan being a Gentile, it's kind of an interesting thought there. Being a good Samaritan, bandaging and, and, and helping Paul out all along the way. Paul goes on in verse 27. I've been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights and hunger and thirst, often without food 
and cold and exposure. Apart from such external things, there is the daily pressure upon me of concern for all the churches. Who is weak without my being weak? Who is led into sin without my intense concern? If I have to boast, I will boast of what pertains to my weaknesses. The God and Father, the Lord Jesus, He who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. He could have said, just ask Luke. <laughs> In Damascus, the church, the, uh, excuse me, the, the ethnarch under Artis, the king was guarding in the city of the Damascenes in order to seize me. And I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and so escaped his hands. Earlier in Paul's ministry, what that's talking about. I wonder tonight, I want to turn to Psalm 133. Over your lifespan and working in the Lord's stead as God's people, have, have you in your life seen more uh, of those who have the personality and attitude of Diotrephes or more of Luke? And then I ask this question, and it kind of gets personal. Are you a Diotrephes or are you a Luke? And I would hope that, that wherever we are in our Christian walk, that we will all strive to become, as you're striving to be like Jesus, here's another human being that we can look at, Luke. Strive to be like a Luke. Be willing to open yourself out or up to do God's work and to suffer with the Christians and be there for them and to help them and show them, I'm not going to leave Jesus. I will be there. I will be there. It's a great feeling, a great idea. Verse 1 of Psalm 133. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. In unity. When I think of cradle from the cradle to the grave, I only think about Jesus in the scriptures. From the cradle to the grave. But I think about from the cradle to the grave with Luke and Paul. I think about from the cradle, and I think about that in a spiritual sense, to Paul's grave. Because guess who was there in the earlier days of Paul all the way to the end? Luke. Turn to 2 Timothy, please. Chapter 4. It's interesting that it never, when you read the scriptures and you just go back and start reading the New Testament, you read the book of Luke and it's written in such a way to where he he wrote to some guy named Theophilus and and, and you're reading it and he never really, you know, he's I'm researching, I'm doing all this work for God and I want to give you this message. And when you read through Luke, there's nothing in there about him. He doesn't stop or pause to say anything about himself. In the book of Acts, he doesn't say, hey, by the way, guys, look at, you know, when Paul, when this happened to Paul, this is what I did. God chose a man of tremendous humility and inspired him to write. When Paul wrote these words, when he penned these words to us by way of inspiration, verse 6, at the end of his life, this prison epistle. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. He's talking about his death, right? They're, they're going to they're kill me. I'm, I fought the good fight. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. And Luke was right by my side. Yeah. And he goes on to say, 
in the future that is laid up for me. The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And I can imagine as Paul is saying that, you know, that maybe he looks over to some of his fellow workers and says, you know, it's not just me. Obviously he's in prison, so he can't look over, but you get what I'm saying. It's not just me, but it's you all too. And I encourage you tonight to continue serving God. It's not about me, right? Not everyone's going to be a preacher. Not everyone's going to be an elder or a deacon or a song leader or someone who leads prayers. And Not everyone's going to do that. But every one of you, every one of us, are equally important to God. Every one of us. And so as you think about your faith, think about Paul who never really writes much about Luke. Think about Luke who never writes much about himself. And yet, as great as Paul was in all of his works, he's no greater than Luke in the eyes of God. Isn't that great? Everyone is critically important in Christ. Every one of you. When Paul wrote this and he said, not just for me, but for all those who are looking and serving the Lord, right? And looking for his appearing. And you know what he says in verse 10? For Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Cretans has gone to Galatia. Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Pick up Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for service. What a loyal friend Luke was to Paul. So the lesson is entitled, Paul's Friend, Luke. We close in Proverbs chapter 17. Friendship is earned. True friendship. Again, let us exemplify the attitude of Luke as we exemplify the attitude of Christ. As Paul himself says, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow Peter as Peter follows Christ. Follow Rhoda as Rhoda follows Christ. Follow Peter's wife as Peter's wife follows Christ. Follow Matthew as Matthew follows. You, you get the message. We're all leaders. We're all important, critically important in this walk of faith. Verse 17 of chapter 17. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Would you say that Luke loved Paul? Yeah. And one better, Luke loved God. Let us love each other and exemplify what we've seen in the scriptures. Tonight, if you're struggling in your faith, we can pray with you, pray for you. We'd ask you to make that known to us. Tonight, if you're not a child of God and you want to surrender to him and submit in the waters of baptism, we would extend that opportunity to you as we together stand and sing our song of invitation. Thank you. God bless you.
blood washed for me.